Hello and welcome. It is episode 83 of the Saints FC podcast and on the line I have the ever essence, the um, the new dad champion of the old Kent Road, Mr. Tom Parker. How, how are you, Tom? That's an amazing monarchy you just gave me there, John. Yeah, I'm really good. How things are you guys? Yeah, yeah, good, good. I'm I'm not as tired as you are right now. With your, with your, how how old is uh, Mini Parker FC? Oh gosh, that's seven, six, and nearly come up to seven weeks. Nearly seven weeks, okay. Yeah, seven weeks, maybe Wednesday. Yeah, she's great. She's here. She's asleep. She's so, the best when they sleep. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. So really, so really good. Lo- absolutely loving it. We're we're kind of on tenter hooks at the moment. So at any point baby could wake and we might have to interrupt i've got eight yeah. weeks until my wife's due with her baby tom um so that that's, that's, that's going to be end of april so last couple of podcasts of the season will both be absolutely knackered although you'll be on an upward trajectory by then it, it gets well, easier after so. three months i hope so. well yeah that's what they say that's yeah, what they say yeah. but um but no, i'm really enjoying it my wife's doing amazingly well so we're very lucky mm. So um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, obviously, if you want to email in with your parenting tips to this uh, new Saints FC parenting podcast, the email is saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at saintsfcpodcast. Uh, You can, of course, also email us about the footy as well. Um, Tom, I I had the absolute pleasure of actually making it over to St. Mary's on Saturday. And it, you it, did. I saw that. You got three tickets. You jammy. <laughs> Do you want to know how that how that transpired? Yeah, go on. Tell us, John. So it's so literally on Wednesday. Coca Cola contacted me via email straight out of the blue and said, "Do you want six tickets for the game on Saturday?" Um, so I responded and said yes, and then they were like, "Absolutely." Oh, actually, you were too late. You can't have the tickets. I was like, "Oh well." That's a shame. So I told everyone who I was like, Look, I think I've got free tickets for the Saints game. We're all going to go to to St. Mary's on Saturday. So everyone's really excited. And then it was like, oh no, no, we're not. And then later that day, they were like, um, actually, you can have the six tickets, but you have to respond in the next 15 minutes. So I was like, yes, come on, we're going to do it. And, uh, and and so we went along. And um, yeah, it was, it was great. We won. There's a, yeah, there's a, and there's a lovely photo, isn't there, of all the Baileys. <laughs> in a line yeah was it not, yeah. not all Baileys because um, it's just Baileys. me and my brother are Baileys and then oh no and then there's yeah. obviously it's, yeah. there's, there's like one of my neighbours from the local village who's a Hearts fan but he's adopted Southampton just for convenience factor I think um, there's my father-in-law obviously not a Bailey and there's there's Phil Webb who I used to sit next to back in the days of Gregor's yeah. Raziak and Marit Saganowski we used to have season tickets next to each other and then there's one other so that's five of us that's five covered 
uh, who's a chap called Marlon, who won our joke competition. Yeah, what was his joke, John? Is it safe for broadcast? Uh, it is safe for broadcast. Not all the jokes were safe for broadcast. No. <laughs> I saw some, saw some fruity jokes. Yeah. Let's just say. Um, well, the, the, the purveyor of the worst joke actually contacted me privately to apologise. So um, I, th- I, th- I think we can forgive him. For- I don't know if we can forgive him. I, it's, no, you're still not forgiven, I'm afraid, <laughs> that joke. Um, so do you want to hear Marlon's joke? Yeah, go on. This, this literally, go it. it got him a ticket for Saints Villa. And, you, know, we, you know, it's not like the Edinburgh Festival Comedy Awards. This is just like a little bit of a joke. And the Lord said unto John, come forth and you will receive eternal life. But John came fifth and won a voucher. That is good. That, that yeah, is kind of it's, it's Edinburgh quite Festival good. joke, sort of clever. Yeah, yeah, I like it. But, joke, uh, like um, thingy Vine style joke, isn't it? Oh uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, Tim Vine. Yeah, Tim Vine. Yeah, yeah, I like it, John. I mm. like it. Okay, and uh, um, Marlon, twenty-one years old, Winchester University student, studying. Um, uh, journalism at Winchester wants to be a football journalist, so you never know. We might have to get him on this podcast in the future. Yeah, nice. Once he's nice. established himself as a Saints writer, so there we go. Um, and uh, and I'm pretty sure he ate three beef burgers throughout the the game, which the rest of us were very very impressed with. N- that's what you do. when you're 21, isn't it? That's just the I sort know. of thing you I can mean, do. Can you imagine doing that, eating three beef burgers? I, it would just cause absolute havoc for me these days. I think I'd have to have a stent put in. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I was I was delighted to go, Tom, and it, and it all worked out very well. So what was the atmosphere like, John? The, the atmosphere was all right. Yeah, it was it was good. Um, it was the first time I've been in the Itchen South, which is where the tickets were. So it's not that's not a part of the ground which is particularly renowned for people standing up singing and cheering so it was quite quiet where we were but you could hear the northern in good voice you could hear the uh, itch and north in good voice um and the atmosphere from where we sat sounded good in the other parts of the stadium um but yeah it wasn't exactly electric in the itch, itch and south um but it was very positive apart from there was a small group behind us who didn't seem to like Musa Gineppo despite the fact I don't know. I think we can credit quite a lot of this um, this this win towards him, really. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but, the, definitely, but yeah. But to be honest, I think the the main talking point at the start was um, Will Smallbone getting the the nod to start in a to to start in the centre of midfield, and uh, that and James Ward Prowse being deployed to uh, stop Jack Greenish, which he did very very effectively as well. Yeah, it was an interesting one because obviously people, um, you know, talk up Smallbone quite a lot, and he did look very tidy, didn't he, against Huddersfield in the cup? Um, scored an excellent goal, um, but obviously, you know, Huddersfield down the bottom of the championship, they're a bit of a different proposition to Villa, and you know, fair play to, to Ralph for, for chucking him in, um, and fair play, you know, a bit worrying I think for Valerie, isn't it? That Valerie, um, you know, someone pointed out on Twitter the other day that Gomez who had like a dislocated fracture of his leg is, is back into action faster than Yad Valerie yeah um, and we still don't know what happened to Valerie like uh, you know people are saying it must be um, glandular fever yeah it's sort that's, of knock out for this long but that's, that's, that's the rumour that I've heard that it's a, a glandular yeah. fever but then there's also been 
lots of reports of him in the Buddha nightclub in Southampton, which I don't know how well you recover from glandular fever if you're out clubbing. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I think it's 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 interesting because obviously he's fair enough to be on the bench, but not fair enough to start. But one of the incredible things is, is you know, again, the, the James Ward-Prowse renaissance, not content with, you know, reinventing himself as a sort of box-to-box enforcer. He's now reinventing himself as a right-back who in recent games has stopped probably two of the most creative left-hand side players in the Premier League. Yeah, well, I, I was wondering this. I actually think that James Ward-Prowse at right-back was a tactical move from Ralph Hasenhutl. I think he felt that James Ward-Prowse being one of our best central midfielders is also one of our best right-backs. But I think if you give James Ward-Prowse a specific job to do, he will do it. He's that kind of player. He's not, he's not going to go AWOL. He's not going to go maverick. So as we saw against Zaha, how effective he was at, at blocking Zaha. I think Ralph saw what he did against Zaha and thought, you know what, Villa's only real threat is Jack Grealish. So if we put James Ward-Prowse against him, he can do the same job he did against Zaha. Um, do I want to bring in Jan Valerie back into the side and put him up against Jack Grealish? Probably not. I mean, that's, a, that's my theory. It'd yeah, be, it'd be interesting in the game against West Ham if Jack, if James Ward-Prowse goes back into midfield and Valerie goes back into the side. Well, I, I guess that would kind of answer that or, or confirm or deny that hypothesis. Yeah, I mean, I think it is, it is interesting, obviously, because with, you know, with Ward-Prowse at right back, you still get his set pieces. Um, so you're not losing that. But he is an incredibly... Like you say, he's an incredibly disciplined player, isn't he? And one of the great things, you know, the game on Saturday, and I, I don't know how obvious it was when you were there, John, but was the incredible um, Southampton's tactical fouls on Grealish. Um, you know, whenever he, you know, I think, um, I can't remember what I'm saying, but someone was saying it might have been actually Alexander saying that Grealish is a player that sort of covered more ground with the ball than any other player in the Premier League. Yeah. And you could see. Saints' tactics were to stop him doing that whilst ensuring not that he didn't receive a booking. So I think, you know, on like two or three occasions, you saw Grealish get kind of flattened maybe 10, 15 yards from his own penalty area just as he's about to, to spring away with the ball. But, you know, fair play to, to Will Prowse doing a great job. And, you know, I, I wasn't at the game job, but Will Smallbone looked like a very tidy, very clever um, efficient footballer. You, you know what? I, so I've seen Will Smallbone in two games now against Huddersfield and um, against Aston Villa. Both, uh, I was in the stadium for it. So he's delivered me two wins, two rare wins for me after after having gone 15 games without seeing a win before that Huddersfield one. Um, and and in both games, he's very tidy. I'd actually say that on Saturday he looked a little bit more assured. So. Against Huddersfield, I think you could see that he there was a fair bit of excitement there, and um, he had a really good chance in the first few moments against Huddersfield, and it he, he totally panicked and it just didn't work out. Whereas in the game uh, against Villa, he had an early chance, um, and he got quite a good shot acro- uh, away, and um, you know he he hit the post, didn't he? After a little bit of a deflection, but I just. Generally felt like the whole way through the game, he seemed very assured, very calm, which is incredible, really, considering you know he's such a young player and that was his first Premier League start. I, he's showing a level of maturity which you know you don't see from other 
other players? I think 19 years old he is. Um, just he turned just 20. Turned, just turned 20. Yeah, he just turned 20, 20 the day before. Oh, right, yeah. And I think, but what was clever as well is he, he seemed to just, uh, he said this in his post-match interview, you know, like, what, what were you thinking? Well, you just go out there and do the first thing, keep it simple and get it right. But he just seemed to do that, didn't he, for the entire yeah. game. He didn't try and do anything. Um, you know, it's almost quite like, you know, like Stephen Davis, just that really economical, clever use of the ball. Um, yeah, and I just, he slotted in seamlessly. And I guess that's, you know, a lot of credit to Ralph and to do it. The coaches, the under 23 teams, but you can have a player come in in what is a high pressure game, not an easy environment at St. Mary's, um, and can just perform so well. And yeah, I think we'll, we'll talk more about West Ham, but it'll be fascinating to see if he keeps his place uh, for what is going to be arguably a more difficult game. Yeah, it's, 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 it's an interesting one because I think you'd say that you'd probably want to put Ward Prowse back up into the centre of midfield. And obviously, Smallbone's going to be the one that's going to lose his position for that, and then have a standard right back in the standard right back position. But you know, let's let's wait and see what Ralph does. I I I can I wouldn't bet on that one. Put it that way. No, I mean I saw Saints uh, tweeted up on Facebook a picture of Carl uh, uh, Walker Peters training today. So obviously, he he's back. Um, but one of the things that, that Ralph was very open about, and I think he's right, is that Carl Walker-Peters is, you know, he's, he seems to be a very modern sort of one fullback in that he's great going forward, but he's not very good against the ball. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you watched the, the West Ham game, but you know, up against Snodgrass, um, he's and, and possibly Anderson, he's going to have to be a lot time against the ball. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see. You know, it, it's almost in a strange way. Ward Prowse is probably almost a better defender than the, Carl Walker Phillips, maybe. Than the actual defenders. Yeah, in a sort of strange, strange way. But um, it's going to be really interesting. And yeah, yeah it's, it's nice to have a bit of a selection problem. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Well, Tom, let, let's press on and talk about some of the Saints' chances and the goals. We've already mentioned the Will Smallbone one uh, fairly uh, fairly shortly after kickoff. That when he he hit the post. The next big chance was the one where we got the where we got the goal, which was. Musa Gineppe making a monumental effort to get to the byline and make a, a loss cause a worthy cause, puts it across goal, and Shane Long um, puts it in with his uh, Will Smallbone. I don't know. <laughs> what, what with do his, you... with his, with with little Long. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but it was great because also it was a, it was clever, wasn't it? Because the actual pass that Musa. Never reacted to is actually a, a deflection, isn't it, from a pretty useless looking pass from Bertrand? Um, but and I think it showed, didn't it? That it was clear from kickoff that Saints wanted that game more than Villa, and that sort of sprint Musa against the, the I think I guess the fullback of, West, of, of sorry, Villa showed everything, didn't it, in terms of the desire and the commitment, and then yeah, then you've got Shane Long, a player who never gives up and who is also at 33 now, clever enough not to handle that that, that that opportunity. And I think it said a lot about the sort of tenacity and the work rate and the commitment of those players compared to their to their sort of you know to the defensive counterparts of Villa. I don't. You know what? You've just said Shane Long's 33 years old. That blows my mind. That man works his socks off, doesn't he? He, he is as fit as any of the nippers. And he's amazing. He's a specimen. I mean, I think they'll. I mean, by all accounts, he's going to get a new contract, which you'd argue is well-deserved. 
and uh, well you know he you know what you read about Shane Long is that not only is he an example on the pitch but off the pitch to young players in terms of how he carries himself how committed he is to the club in terms of his family in terms of how fit he keeps himself you know there's a lot there to to to, to think you know that yeah there's a lot to be proud of there and I think also you know, people will moan about Shane Long. Yeah, he's only got three goals this season. He's only got two in the Premier League. But think about all the chances he creates. You know, there's a reason why every striker we've had has loved playing with Shane Long. Mm. You know, why Danny... You tell, I bet if you ask Danny in an unguarded moment, he said, who would you rather play up front with? He would say, Shane Long. Well, it's, he it's, does all the hard work. It's, it's also the way that opposition players talk about him. They talk about him like he's a nightmare, like he's the most horrible yeah, player Oscar, to play against. Offer Mendy? Yeah. He's the worst player played against in the Premier League. I mean, Offer Mendy's won two Premier League titles. Um, yeah, I mean, but, I mean, Shane Long, is he's quite a streaky player as well, so you never know. He might be coming into a patch of goals. But, we, you know, the games we've got coming up now, you know, we've got a really good run of games. If you imagine, if you're a centre-back at West Ham, if you're a centre-back for Norwich, the last person you probably want to play up against is Shane Long. Um, so, yeah, it was, a, it was a good goal, you know, and then it was a sort of a silly goal, but fair play to Moose. And also, you know, clever the outside of the boot. Yeah, it took everyone by surprise. It reminds me of a goal a few years ago that I think Shane Long scored against Man City. I don't know, do you remember this? It was like a long ball over the top. And Tadic clipped it back from the goal line. Do you remember this? It is ringing a bell. Was, was that the one when we... Uh, we won like 3-1 or 4-1 yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, and Shane Long just sort of reacted faster than else. It was a very similar kind of goal. Yeah. I d- and I think Shane Long is, I mean, dare I say, he's, he's looking to kind of... If he starts banging in the goals, then I think we'll be talking of Shane Long's season in the sort of same breath as the 2015-16 season when he did get 10 goals in the Premier League. I, mm. I don't anticipate he's going to get 10 goals this season because he's so far off it at the moment. But he's working really hard, creating loads of chances. And the sort of football that we're playing is exciting and pragmatic and you know is is generating results, which is kind of like back in those the 2015-16 last season with uh, with Ronald Koeman. Um that's that's quite a lot of Shane Long love. So let's move on a little bit. Um, you know, at at one nil, we then get another chance. Ings gets through with a one on one. Pepperino makes a, a rather good save, and then a few moments later, we, we keep the ball alive, and Gineppo is presented with a wonderful chance from the edge of the area and puts it into. Well, I was going to say Rose Z, but in St Mary's, the the Rose go even beyond Z, so it's probably more like Rose Z Z. Yeah. Um, it was an appalling shot, but quite a promising passage of play for Southampton. And I think you know, this is the frustrating thing with watching Southampton. So you watch this and you just think, oh, are we going to be getting to the point where we're going to rue these wasted chances? Because Gineppo had a, another one-on-one um, a few yeah, moments after that, which which was you know created by a lovely touch from Ings. But the, you're suddenly thinking, well, hang on, that's three really good chances we should be two. I mean, it should up. be what? Yeah, two, three nil up at half yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, the Musa one, the first one is quite hard, but at the end of the day, you know, a player of his skill should be able to hit uh, hit that ball, uh, from, you know, from what the penalty spot unmarked. Yeah. On the half volley, um, or 
you could have controlled it for Smallbone, who was there waiting as well. I mean, yeah, it was. It seems to be one of those days. I mean, even Danny Ings' chance for one on one. You know, watching it back, he kind of he takes an extra millisecond, doesn't he, to adjust and hit it on his right foot, I think, rather than his left. Yeah. Or his, or, or vice versa, and that's kind of what gives Pereira the chance to close the space. Um. You know, it's interesting with with Ings. He's scored one goal in the last five Premier League games. You see, he's um, on a bit of a dry patch for Danny Ings, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, I mean, if you I mean we can count the Spurs games, so he's got two and six. Um, and even if you know he carries on that ratio of one a goal every three games, he'll still end the season with uh, with it with nineteen Premier League goals, which would be incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it just do, it took a little bit too long, and then you know Musa. Didn't quite have the confidence, did he, with his, you know, with the brilliant skill set up from Danny Ings. And I mean, I don't know what it was like when you were there, John, but it just seemed to have sort of like, God, we're going to concede, aren't we, from a corner and then we're going to draw this game one all. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll get into the second half and we'll talk about the corner that I was most worried about. Um, and uh, the, the I, I suppose the second half, it, it felt like it kind of continued in a similar sort of vein. Um, as the first half, but um, I, d- I don't know. The, the the chances seemed less clear cut. I think you know in 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 that time, I, d- I don't know what what you felt like. Kind of like but it almost felt a little bit like we were starting to take the the foot off the gas a bit. Um, and you know we had a Jack Stevens chance which wasn't too bad. I think Armstrong kind of rounded Pepe Reina but put it into the side netting from a, a really tight angle. Um, uh, the, the, yeah. Oh, and there was the really nice kind of uh, bit of work where Hoiberg got to volley it and you just thought, well, if that's anyone other than Hoiberg volleying it, this could be a wonderful top corner sort of blasted finish, but he, he kind of put it too close to Rayner. And he hasn't scored, has he, this season yet? Has, has Hoiberg not scored this season? No, you're right. No. Actually. Yeah. He's, I mean, that pro- was he's probably due a thunder bastard, isn't he? He is, yeah. I mean, I'll take it on Saturday if he delivers one. But um, he, he, that chance there was a kind of, you know, he, he probably should have chested it down, shouldn't he? Yeah. He almost had probably too much time. Um, but I agree that the chances weren't, you know, if we're going to talk in terms of your 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 favourite thing, John XG, XG. Yeah. They probably weren't the best opportunities, but and it, but it was interesting, wasn't it? You know, when when Ralph double substitution. Ings and Shane Long going off over Femi and Adams coming on. Well, I, I thought at that point we suddenly looked a lot more threatening again. I think Shane Long and Danny Ings had done all their running by that point and Obafemi and Adams, they, they both started running, they started pressing. Um, I think Obafemi created a really good chance for Adams and Adams chanted a, ch- uh, created a really good chance for Obafemi. Neither of them quite managed it. I actually thought with Adams's chance it was a handball. And a, and a penalty, but apparently not checked by VAR, and I don't. It probably wasn't. I really was it. Well, I, I, don't, I think it probably wasn't because you know sometimes when you're in the stadium, and you shout for handball, and then you kind of like look around and you realise that basically the only person shouting for handball. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can always tell from the players. The players are always they know if it's handball. Yeah. And I remember that the Watford goal, the Decore goal against us. The, the the amazing thing was that it was given when all the players. To the mountain, turn around and went handball. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you got to feel sorry for Shadows, and you. When's he going to get this goal, John? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. 
it's funny with Shadows because he played really well, but at the end of the game, he didn't celebrate with everyone else, despite having made a significant contribution. Oh, really? Yeah, he kind of like wandered off. And um, yeah, I, I, I get the feeling he is a little bit down. I mean, these are some of the things that you kind of maybe pick up in the stadium you don't see on on the telly, but he wasn't he, he wasn't vibing with the rest of the Saints players. He wasn't vibing on the win, like like those were. So there there is a little bit of a concern there. But I I mean, I really hope with Chairdoms that he he sticks at it because I can see that he's a really really good football player. He will definitely get his chance. Shane Long, like you mentioned, thirty three years old. He's not going to be going on forever. Danny Ings will get injured at some point. At some point, Che Adams is going to have a really good long run in the Saints team. Maybe not this season, but certainly next season, he'll have a chance again. And I, I think he'll do it. I mean, his, his pass for Armstrong was just sensational. It was a wonderful ball. Yeah, it was really something. And also it was the composure, wasn't it? It was the composure not to like try and shoot himself, you know, desperate to score a goal. Um, and, and that's, you know, is... Is Shane like another Shane Long in terms of his best work might be not scoring goals. He, he looked very good against Chelsea when almost his job was to um, make life difficult for the defenders rather than to, to score goals. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's interesting your thought. I mean, there was, there was a comment today from, um, I think it was Michael Elliott, the former the former Leeds player, that a deal has been agreed in, Jan- in January to, to go to, to Leeds and Saints ask for more money at the very last second um so so yeah interesting mm. uh, it, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see you know how much more game time he gets yeah i i just i couldn't imagine saints wanting to sell chairdoms i it just wouldn't make any sense to me whatsoever um you know there the, the, the just be no rhyme or reason but anyway before we kind of get stuck on that, we need to talk about this Armstrong goal because it was wonderful. 94th minute, Tom, Aston Villa get a corner and this is where I'm thinking, oh my, this is going to be awful. Pepe Reina's going to score a header against us and it's going to finish 1-1 <laughs> despite the fact that we've had 28 shots to their four. And um, Tom, can, can you, I'm going to ask you to do something here. Can you cast your eyes back to... 23rd of December 2006, Sheffield Wednesday versus Southampton in the championship. Um, we're talking about uh, Saints playing a- a- away at Hillsborough. Do you, re- do you remember this game, Tom? Saints went 3-1 up and then it went to 3-2. And then in the last minute... Uh, Mark Crosley went up for a corner and headed it straight into Southampton and it was like a sucker punch 3-3. And I was there... Are you you telling me that in recent years we've conceded two goals from goalkeepers? Yeah. Stoke keeper, Begovic scored against us, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, man. So, I mean, twice since 2006 and I just thought the writing was on the wall. But instead... We had Alex McCarthy, big punch. Chairdoms, I thought, did really well to pick up the ball. Again, like you said, he looks up. He looks for the best opportunity for Saints to score. Beautiful through ball for Stuart Armstrong to, to run onto. And, you know, it, I, I'm actually quite impressed with Stuart Armstrong managing to get that into the goal because 
you know, you think you've sprinted like that, your heart's pounding, your head's probably spinning and you've got to hit the target. And, uh, but he does it. And and there we go. Last kick of the game, near enough. Um, the referee did yeah. make Villa kick off again, which I thought was a little bit cruel. But there we go, two nil, <laughs> fantastic. I mean, I know this this pod has turned from the Josh Sims Appreciation Club to the as Josh Sims is on loan Appreciation Club to the Stuart Armstrong Appreciation Club. But I, but you're absolutely right. And how fit must he be as well at 94 minutes of busting up the entire game? still be able to, to do that and then have the presence of mind and I thought his comments after the game were interesting where he's like you know, that's almost the worst that you can have is lots of time um, to think about it um, yeah. but it was, a, it was a great finish what's that his third Premier League goal of the season he's chipping in you know with, with some important goals what's the goal against Leicester goal against um, goal against Villa I can't remember his, his other goal it goes against but yeah, fair play to him, and he—we've we, spoken so much about, haven't we, about how he is the sort of the unspoken hero of that team, giving us the sort of the balance, um, particularly when we have such an attacking left-hand side. Um, he sort of you know provides a sense of discipline um, down the right. You know, he's just such a good footballer, John. He, he's he's a he's a lovely footballer. Again, he's one of those football players that you'd consider tidy. And he's working hard, and I, you know, I think we have him at, at sort of a peak age, isn't he? He's like what twenty-seven years old now. He's looking mm. really fit. He's looking really hungry. Um, at the start of the season, we thought it was all about Musa Gineppe, uh Buffal coming back, Redmond, of course. And actually, what we needed on the wing was he's he's like an old-fashioned football player. Is that a cruel thing to say? But do you know what I mean? Like he he seems sensible, hard working, and effective. Well, he makes the right decisions, doesn't he? Yeah. This is the, the difference. I I think you know, one of the things that drives me mad about Buffal is, and to a lesser extent, Gineppo, But I, I don't think Buffal is ever going to change. I think Gineppo will consistently get better. I think the Buffal we have is the best Buffal we're ever going to get. Is is Buffal's consistent? Um, not consistent, but his, his often inability to make the right decision about what to do with the ball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the right time to release it. Yeah, I mean, Buffa for the first two seasons of Saints did that thing where he'd beat a player and then go back and try and beat him again. It just drive you absolutely mad. Whereas with Armstrong, yeah, he has the skills, but he also he knows when to release the ball and he knows when to shoot. And he, you know, he almost plays like a game of percentages yeah um rather than kind of heroic roy the rover stuff um but it's it's vital for saints because we have got a lot of you know we're blessed with a lot of attacking talent you know we're playing with three forwards every game um we're playing with two wing backs you know every game and you need someone who's doing the the sensible job and he the skill he's got and the intricate nature of his game means that he can really hurt teams so you know I love Stuart Armstrong I think he's absolutely brilliant and and you know the long the, I, every time he's in that team I think we've got a chance do you, do you know what I think like Stuart Armstrong is he, he's like a box to box and this is one of the really intriguing things that I think about Ralph Hassenhutl's style because you've got the four at the back like you would have in a standard four two two, but with the 
fullbacks kind of bombing forward a bit into a more sort of wing backy kind of vibes. Then you have your two centre mids, which on Saturday was Smallbone and, and Hoiberg. And then you have Gineppo and Armstrong. And, and the thing with Armstrong is he, to me, he feels like a player who'd have in the centre mid and doing the box to box stuff. Do you know, kind of like Stephen Davis, you play him through the middle, he goes from the edge of the area to the edge of the other area, he's attacking, but he's also defensive, he's hard working. But you have that on the right wing instead. And, mm. and, and you're right, it kind of gives that balance because Gineppo is naturally much more attacking. So then you almost have like Gineppo. It, 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 what I'm doing here, listener, as well, I'm kind of got my hands and I'm doing all the movements on the table in front <laughs> of me, which none of you can you can see. But in my head, I think kind of Gineppo kind of goes further forward and Stuart Armstrong is kind of like coming in and a little bit further back and and it kind of adds that balance and he's also offering a lot more protection to the to the right back as well and it, it just works really well I, in my head he should be in the center of midfield doing the box to box stuff but it just works really really well on the right of mid and and he keeps on coming in as well so yeah i mean we we might have to rename this podcast the Stuart Armstrong appreciation podcast tom it, it's starting to get that way i love him but yeah and also he gives i think you know one of the things we spoke about in the past john was trying to shoehorn Gineppo into the team. You know, we're playing with Brevman Long and Ings up front and then trying to put uh, Gineppo into that Stuart Armstrong position. And it, it just doesn't work for Saints. You know, he doesn't have the discipline. He doesn't have the tracking back. And, and you know, instead, by finding a, a natural home for Gineppo, which is up front on the wing, um, it enables Armstrong to play a more natural game. It probably enables like, Smallbone to play a more comfortable game. It gives more powers, more protection than a Jennifer would. It just kind of makes much more sense on a number of levels. So there we go. We 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 very much approve. Are we done with the Saints Villa game? Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think so, John. Okay. Yeah. So Pepe Reina made it back to his goal yet? <laughs> no, he's still running, mate. <laughs> well, I say <laughs> running. He's still making his way back. Um. So would let let's let's get on to kind of where that leaves us. So we're now twelfth in the table, Tom, thirty four points. Um, if the UEFA uphold this ban on Manchester City from the Champions which League, which means that fifth place is Champions League. Um, let's face it, having watched Villa um, yesterday, that would mean Man City would are going to beat them in the League Cup but that, that means that kind of Europa League position also they can't go that's that's kind of comes down the table as well it yeah could so be, what happens here John is this 7th is, is Europa League now I, I think 7th maybe even 8th might be Europa League qualification because how many but hang on, it, but hang on if Man City so if it, Man City we, we, we get 4 Champions whack. League and we get yeah. 3 two. Europa League no 3 no it's 3 I'm sure it's 3 Who's in the Europa League this season? Maybe it's two. Oh, this is just, this is basic stuff. Anyway, yeah, I mean, seventh is is definitely going to get you um, Europa League, isn't it? Yeah. So, do you want to know how many points we are from from seventh, Tom? Are we six points, Tom? Six points. And we're only seven points from fifth, which is going to be Champions League football. So we've got 11 games left. 
and and John, here are our next four or five games. Okay, so we have. This is where it gets a bit sexy, isn't it? Because you look at our games and you think, because didn't didn't you? Who did you have on the pod? Was it Carl Anker who said weeks ago? Yeah, consistently, Southampton have had the hardest season of anyone so far, or something like that. Which means that the, the best is to come, in theory. Yeah. So that was Carl, wasn't it? I, th- I think it was Carl. Yeah. So we've got West Ham United away. Are you heading to that one, Tom? You know what? I I could do if anyone has a ticket or if anyone knows of a ticket. I could get away for that one. It's not far from where I live, John. Okay, this is an appeal to Saints FC podcast listeners. Can you have? If anyone wants a Parker? small bearded accompaniment on Saturday <laughs> afternoon, let me know. So yeah, I would love to go. Well, then I say I would love to go. I think I've been to West Ham the last three seasons. Certainly, the last two, it's and they've been two well, of the most dispiriting experiences of my Southampton supporting life. So maybe I should stay away. I'm not sure. Um, we then have Saints versus Newcastle. I'm going to that. Yeah, uh, we've That's got post kid away to Norwich, and then home to Arsenal, who are better now. But I still think we can beat them. Arsenal are better, but I watched them against. I watched their team. They are. They're weird. Mm. They've got they've, what they've got is they've just got brilliant forwards. They're terrible at the back. Yeah, and and then we have Watford away, and then there's kind of a harder run: Man City, Everton, Man United, before we finish with Brighton, Bournemouth, and Sheffield United. So, so, so that's our remaining fixtures, and I think what we need. Was, I mean, it's amazing. Are, are we safe now, Tom? I, I think, think one more win. You'd think one more win. I mean, the Norwich look pretty down, don't they, now? Um, Villa, Saturday, don't need to go by look. They're in big trouble. Um, obviously, the dream, the absolute dream is for West Ham to go down. <laughs> that's it, my, like, that's my teenage wet dream. Say, if I, I'm going to give you... I've, uh, I don't think I'm going to allow Newcastle. They're on 31 points. And I just think they're going to get enough points. But from Brighton, Bournemouth, Villa, West Ham, Watford, Norwich, what would be a dream three to go down? Well, I don't, you know what? I don't, I don't bear any ill will to any of those clubs. Apart, apart from, from West, West Ham. Ham. <laughs> I, I mean, that, and that's not, I'm not, like, I don't really dislike other clubs. So I don't I have yeah. weird grudges. Um, but apart from West Ham, just because it's, you know, I remember going to Upton Park as a kid. It was a disgusting place to go then. You know, sorry, West Ham fans, but, you know, you're not often represented by the nicest bunch. The owners are awful. The stadium they're in is terrible. And they're kind of just a poster child, aren't they, for excess and everything kind of bad about recruitment of players, aren't they? You know, they're just kind of, it's just something really, something really off of West Ham. So, so I don't bear any ill will. And I, you know, part of me, I know that they're in theory a local rival, but the Bournemouth story of staying in the Premier League on a gate receipt of 12,000 and with, with you know, elements of the team that came from League One with a manager that's, that, you know, bleeds Bournemouth, there's a lot to admire there. Um, you know, Graham Potter seems to be a good young manager. I don't know. What yeah. about if West Ham just go down three times? Because that's, <laughs> that's doable. <laughs> But who I think it's going to be, I think I think Norwich probably, you know, you you might think that by the time Saints, you know, two more games come round, by yeah. the time Saints go to Norwich, Norwich could almost be down. 
Um, I, I think it'll actually be Norwich, Villa, um, West Ham. Yeah, I was going to say those three as well. Is Villa second bottom? Have I got that right? No, no. Villa are 17th. They're on 25 points. Watford and West Ham are joint second Watford, bottom on 24. I, yeah, I think, West Ham, I think Watford will get out of it. I think Watford will get out of it. Yeah, I think Nigel Pearson's a pretty good manager. Um, yeah. Also, but... Tom, so let's stop worrying about relegation because there's three places for the yes. Europa League. I think we can do this. I mean, this sounds insane. Um, and it does rely on lots of other teams form complete like Wolves and Sheffield United completely collapsing. But I don't know. Is it is it too much to think, John, of this run of of games, which you just said, which is what? Um, Villa, West Ham, Newcastle, Arsenal, Norwich, got that in the wrong order, and, uh, and Watford. Is it too wrong to think of that six games? Five? That's, that's five, five wins? More, yeah. Is, is, it, I mean, is five wins beyond the realm of possibility? I mean, well, you my, have my, to look. My, main, my main worry is, Tom, that we'll get to 40 points and then we'll clock off. Like we did last time around. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know because I think the prize is bigger here, isn't it? I yeah. mean, financially, is it got one point nine million pounds for every place in the Premier League? Um, and I think, you know, I, I do think that we're in a pretty advantageous position. We've got a decent run of games coming up. I think what would be fascinating would be if we can get, say, we've already got three points out of these six games. So if we get twelve. That might put us on, I don't know, like ninth by the time, you know, the, that round of games yeah. done. Eighth. It would be fascinating to see because, you know, within even the hard games we've got, you know, we're going to be playing Man City team who are going to have nothing to play for. Um, we've got Man United. Well, anything can happen with Man United. And Everton. Well, Everton are going to be a tough team. And apart from that, you'd say Arsenal, the team we've got to play that you'd, you'd be really worried about. Yeah. Um, but even Arsenal, Arsenal have a bad record at St Mary's in recent years. So I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely excited. I'm doing things like I'm looking at West Ham's injury news for Saturday already because I, I just think, you know, we can keep winning. But then you know what will happen is we'll miss out by four points and then you'll look back at games where we were 2-0 up at against Wolves and you'll look back and go those are the games that cost us yeah yeah I mean that that, that could definitely happen I mean in the season 2015-16 um, which was the last time we qualified for Europe and the time that we broke into the top six in the Premier League we amassed 63 points that season so we're 34 at the moment I think it's unlikely we're going to reach that sort of, of point tally but I don't think we're going to need to even to be that hard. No. I mean, it's, it's, there's two ways of looking at it, isn't it? Is that one is that um, this is an incredibly poor Premier League. But the other way of looking at it is, apart from Liverpool, anyone could be anyone. Um, and that's actually a sign of a strong league. I, I'd argue it's a sign of a strong league. Um, so, yeah, so it's fascinating. And, we, you know, we've got some, got, some really, got some games where we don't get three points. You know, Brighton at home, Sheffield United at home, you think we'd be able to get three points. Even there, our last one, Bournemouth, you know, Bournemouth away. We, I mean, we, we, we've got a run of games there. Those last three games, we'd be disappointed to take less than seven points. Yeah, it's true. It's true, Tom. It could happen. I'm excited.
Yeah. Um, so West Ham United, what, what what's going to happen there, Tom? We'll lose two 0 won't we? Or three 0 because we always do. I don't know. But then I don't know. Did you watch West Ham last night, John, against Liverpool? No, I didn't. I missed that game. It was fascinating because they kind of held Liverpool at bay, and then they got the better of Liverpool. But the amazing thing about Liverpool, as we all know, is they just don't quit until they get enough goals to win a game. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen with West Ham. I don't know whether West Ham will um, will will be so disheartened. Yeah, there's, I guess there's two ways to look at it, isn't there? Like, if you're West Ham, you can now be so dejected and disheartened that, you know, and you've made another goalkeeping error and you've let another lead slip. They're, they're now ahead of Saints, aren't they, for points lost from winning positions. They've lost 22 points, I think, from winning positions. So there's a lot there psychologically, yeah, for them to take in. They gave it absolutely everything and they got nothing. Um, so will they be browbeaten and dejected? Or will they come up with that and say, look, we play 80% as well as we played against Liverpool. We can get a win against Hampton. Um, the good thing for Saints is Suchek. I don't know if you've seen any of him, this sort of giant they've got from uh, like, like Sparta Prague or someone like that. He was fantastic in the first half last night, a real box-to-box ball-winning midfielder, and he's injured. And Snodgrass, who is a player that seemingly gets a lot of grief, but Snodgrass is actually a really good footballer. He's got five goals and five assists in the Premier League. Um he went off injured as well. So, they're two of their best players. I don't know, John. It's very that interesting. Is, yeah, that is, that is quite... It's, it is interesting. I, I think... I mean, we owe them one, don't we? We owe them one for that game against them at St Mary's where we were pretty dreadful um, at a time that they were supposed to be dreadful and they, they didn't fulfil their side of the bargain as far as I saw it. Um but yeah, I mean, we should beat them. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. Like, I, I, I think we're better than them. And I'm rather hoping that what West Ham United do is kind of like what what we did after we had our really impressive performance against Man City, where we lost it at the death, having kind of conceded, you know, been in the lead for ages. We then had our awful, awful game against um, Everton. Which yeah. I I don't know. I think we've kind of performed almost as badly as we did against uh, Leicester City. So that's that's the kind of performance I'm hoping for from West Ham because we owe them one. We definitely owe them one. I mean, there's the protest, isn't there? I think a thousand West Ham fans are going to participate in a protest before the game. Oh really? Um, yeah, uh, against Golden uh, and uh, Brady and the other one, Sullivan. So we know how toxic. The atmosphere can get at West Ham. It, it can get, you know, make St Mary's look like a, a church fate. Um, so I think if we can, Saints need to not do what they've done in the previous times when I've been there at West Ham, which is kind of be a bit timid. Yeah. Saints need to attack West Ham, and if we get an early goal um, and we can hold a lead for 10 15 minutes, that crowd will turn against West Ham. And, you know, West Ham have got players like Noble that do lose their rag a little bit. So if we're clever, you know, I don't know. I I, I just don't have any confidence in us because it's West Ham. Yeah. But, yeah. but having said that, I mean, they're, they're under so much pressure to get something from that game. They have to go and win it, don't they? 
But I think that'll suit Saints. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I want to want to get them in in a sticky bit of you know. I, I, let's let's just do it. Let's just do it, Tom. We can beat them. You know, it, I think so. And also, you know, they're they're at home. They're going to probably have more of the ball, which again suits Saints. Um, they've got a very young, very inexperienced player that's going to have to play against Gineppo, who actually did look pretty good last night. This this youth player, but um, I was hoping it'd be Zabaleta. But you know, but anyway, look, it's it, it's exciting. I would very much like to be there. So if anyone you know wants to sort me out, yeah. if Pepsi are listening and they want to help me out, that's very welcome. Let's help out Tom. Uh, SaintsFCPodcast at gmail.com if you want to do that at SaintsFCPodcast on Twitter. Um, Tom, we did uh, say so basically there's there's this feature on um, Anchor, which is where we're hosting our podcast now, that people can leave voice messages. Now, Dan Fox, Ooh. who's one of our listeners, uh, left oh, yeah, a voice yeah. message. Um, but he's, he said... He didn't want me to play that one and he sent me a better one, but I can't find the better one, so I haven't got it. So, Dan, you're going to have to try again with, with that second message. But if you want to leave us a voicemail message, we might actually play that out on on the episode next time. So I'll put some details out for that if, if you want to do that. Um, we had a, a bit of feedback from listeners on the Duncan Alexander podcast. One of those from uh, Professor Simon Kemp, who was on the podcast at quite a few um, weeks back I think back in October uh, professor at Southampton University reckons he's gone into the wrong business and should be a football statistician um, and we've also had an email from St GT talking about the home and away performances this was before the victory against uh, Aston Villa but that that kind of we, we, we're about to I think we've broken or we've equaled a pretty um, rubbish record and the fact that we've lost as many games at St Mary's as we ever have in the Premier League now yeah we're on uh, is it we're on eight eight, eight losses, losses at yeah. home um, I was talking to someone about this uh, the weekend and um, cause they were pointing out they're pretty poor attendance I think for the, the Villa game mm. it was all, all, the, all the game before that and the Burnley game I think and it is I think you know, we have a very high season ticket prices don't we on average isn't Saints like top eight yeah, I think it's like fifth or sixth. Really. Yeah. yeah, and um, obviously, you know what? What was Saturday? Saturday, what our fourth win at home of the season? We've drawn two, lost eight. It's a pretty terrible run, and and you can understand the antipathy, antipathy because this is not a this season thing, is it, John? I mean, what, our bad home record goes what back to Pellegrino? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, it's what we're now third or fourth season of poor home performances. Yeah. And it has meant that St Mary's is less patient than other grounds. Um, it, was, it, was, it was quite full on Saturday, so I think the the low crowd must have been the Burnley fixture, of course. That was televised as well and on yeah, at an odd time. Um, and the world's worst weather. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's something to be said for a Saturday 3 o'clock kickoff to ensure that you have a big crowd and a good footballing day. Um, but yeah, say, so Tom, I mean, is, is there anything else to discuss? Uh, I, I don't think. I mean, the the resurgence. There's so much to like, isn't there? The resurgence of Jack Stevens. Yeah. Oh. War Trowels reinventing himself. Danny Ings scoring loads of goals. Shane Long being Shane Long. Stuart Armstrong. He's going through the team. Also, just shout out to Alex MacArthur. Final. You know that Alex corner McCarthy. coming in. Oh, it's Macarthur. Sorry. That that corner coming in in the last seconds of that game. You know, like he's made a number of mistakes this season, and it. Yeah. 
to have the confidence to come out and get a really good hand on it, you know, how much they might, how good must they have felt? Especially with Pepe Reina sat like right in front of him as well. Yeah, yeah, one of the world's best goalkeepers for the last few years. So yeah. no, lots of love, and I'm you know I'm really excited about Saturday, and I'm really looking forward to getting my dance to Mary's um, for the, for the Newcastle game. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, listeners, for sticking with us. Um, remember, do get in touch. Let us know your thoughts. If there's a player or a topic that you don't think we've done justice to yet this season, the season is starting to run out. So do um, let us know what you'd like us to cover, what you'd like us to have a closer look into. Um, also, if there's any guests that you're desperate to hear on, we've we've had Carl Anker on a couple of times. Uh, we've had Duncan Alexander, but if there's someone else that you really desperately want me to try and get hold of, just just let me know. Saintsfcpodcast at gmail dot com. Um, I'm happy to leave it here, Tom, and let you get back to your fathering duties. Brilliant, she's still asleep. This, this is a doddle. This business, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, goodbye, listeners. Take care, everyone.